Hello, and welcome to another amazing edition of Cocktails and Comics. I believe this is our eighth round, uh, which we're climbing up the numbers here, which is pretty funny for a, hey, what if we just did a Friday night show after a long week of work and everything else, we just get together and talk. But yeah, we're, we're climbing up the episodes. I'm joined, as always, by, oh, Brian's pouring something, by Brian Hughes. Say hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. No, I'm not that deep in yet. I'm just getting, <laughs> I'm just getting started. Like you were just going to open it now. It sounds like you've already had a few. No, I just opened it. <sighs> Hello, all. And and also by John Hyatt, who's who's done delivering the mail for the week. Hey, y'all. And safely and securely. <laughs> yeah. I won't go into that too much. Um, no, I... Uh, I trust the post office. I use them for all of our shipments, and I would say out of one out of every thousand packages goes a wall. So they're very trustworthy. Yeah, I, I, I need need more funding. I like the U.S. Postal Service. I do not like China Post. <laughs> My I bought some shirts off of Amazon. Never got to me. I had to get a refund. It was a pain in the butt. Did you get a little package first that was like a little card that was like, thank you for ordering? No, no, I didn't. You Brian, know, and, and, and the thing that, anyway. that really bugs me is my mail order prescriptions. They're supposed to go out, you know, with, you know, you're supposed to receive them within five days. And now, whenever they ship them out, instead of sending them to USPS, they let them go through DHL. And huh? then DHL hangs on to them for like a week before, oh, we got to get this out. What's up with that? DHL sucks, what, man. What up with that? What up with that? John knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, Siren Life Skid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, it's been a long week here between work and kids, and we've got a dog now in my house. We've got Huckleberry, uh, who's adjusting to his, his new world. Huckleberry, really? Yes. That's yes. That's, that's great. Now is that because I'll be your Huckleberry, or is it, it is. Huckleberry it Hound? Is. It, well, it's both. Both. So okay. See, adopted... I, I live on Huckleberry. That's the street I live on. So it's, you know, kind of cool. Well, we adopted him uh, three weeks ago now. Um, he was a reservation dog, so he. Um, that's. Uh, um, I don't want to say a derogatory term, but it's basically the dogs are just kind of left to their own devices. Mm-hmm. And he was picked up, um, had bad mange, was very malnourished. Uh, sorry, I've had a couple drinks already. Malnourished. And um, the rescue place, you know, treated his mange, got him on all of his medicines, you know, started to put some weight back on him, and they named him Blaze. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, all I could think of is like 420 or pot jokes, right? With yep. Blaze. Here. You're right, exactly. Yep. This is my dog, Blaze. <laughs> okay, so I was my other dog, Doobie. Okay. <laughs> right, right. So all I could, I, I could think of was that, and I'm like, okay, I have got to come up with a new name for this dog. And so, yes, first I thought of Huckleberry Hound. And then he's got these little sad eyes because he's a mix between uh, a mastiff and a beagle, which I oh. guess they call a, a bee stiff. Oh my god, <laughs> that's 
That's scary. I mean, yeah. It, don't ask me how it, how logistically that works. I mean, I, way. I, I worry about the size it'll get to, but that's not what scares me the most. What scares me the most is the potential bark, because a beagle, you know, beagles don't bark; they howl. I, I've had multiple yeah. beagles over the course of my life, and love beagles over or pretty much over any other type of dog, but they howl. You know, it's our. You know, so when you get that thing, is it going to, you know, shake the windows when it gets to full size? Well, that's the thing is that because he's mixed with a beagle, um, right now he weighs about 70 pounds. So he's put on about six or seven pounds just in the three weeks of being with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, how the old veterinarian, do you think he is? He's one year. The veterinarian said he's one year old. So not full um, size yet. But she doesn't think he's going to get much bigger because of being mixed with a beagle. So he's going to stay about the size that he is now, but put on maybe 15 pounds or so is what she thinks. 15, 20 pounds. And he's the sweetest little dog. I say little, but he's not. Um, Very good with the kids. Very good with people. Um, He hates squirrels. And he hates birds. He desperately wants to catch either one of them. Uh, but he's very, he's very kind, very sweet. And, uh, yeah. So yes, to answer your question, the first thing I thought when I was thinking of names was Huckleberry Hound and then, and then his sweet eyes because of the Mastiff Beagle mix, he was staring at me and all I could think of was I'll be your Huckleberry. Okay. Now I, I have a question about that. The Mm -hmm. Huckleberry Hound and I'll be your Huckleberry. Do you think, no, no, work with me here. Do you think that the two are intertwined for some other reason? And the the reason why I'm saying that is Huckleberry Hound always sang a song. You know what the song was? No, I don't recall off the top of my head. My Darling Clementine, which of course is the name of the movie based on the gunfight at OK Corral with Henry Ford. Glenn Ford. The Glenn Ford, yeah. <laughs> Henry Ford was in a movie? No, no, Glenn Ford. Excuse me. <laughs> it's late at night. I'm starting to drink. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. Mm. So, so, yeah, so we, we I convinced the family to go with Huckleberry and his now. It, now it's turned into Huck or mm-hmm. Hucklebuckle or Huckles. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's, uh, he's a very good dog. Uh, we're, we're still working on leash training. He's not so... He's good with my wife on the leash. Um, he he thinks that, that I'm the one to roughhouse with. Oh, so man. I get a lot of the... I had to learn this term, the zoomies, where dogs get all crazy and they run around. Mad doggy. Like the, yeah, their, their paws are out. Their front paws are out in like a V. Mm-hmm. Yeah, called the zoomies because he gets so excited he wants to play with me and it's like, yeah. It's a little scary. Yeah, I, I'd done a rescue with my first wife back in '95. Your first wife was a rescue? No, no, no. We we had done a rescue together. Rescued a beagle, a female named Indiana. That we named her Indiana. And I, I just remembered the dog's that, name was that, yeah, we named the dog Indiana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the 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 second morning after we got her, I remember hearing my wife, you know, just kind of. A, a laugh scream from downstairs you know like a you know and so i go yeah. and i look down and indiana is mad dogging all around the living room the dining room <laughs> the hallway and the stairwell yeah. 
and it sit there and did like three laps. Right. And then stopped right in front of her, took a dump, yeah. and then took a, another three laps. It was the funniest thing. Oh, I love dogs. Yeah, so, you know, I think I've told this story before, but I promised my daughter when she turned eight, we would talk about getting a dog. And, of course, I made this promise to her when she was, like, four, and I'm like, oh, she's totally going to forget that. Nope. Nope. So uh, <laughs> this, this dog search started several months ago, and I already knew I was not going to get, you know, and my wife and I agreed that we were not going to get a dog from a breeder, that we would get a rescue, right? There's plenty of dogs out there that need to be rescued. Um uh, and uh, yeah, we found we found Blaze, and went out to meet him. And he was just you know the cutest cutest guy. He didn't even really bark for like the first three days he was here. So I don't, I'm not exactly sure what his past entails, but he definitely has some scars um, from his his hard life. Uh, you know, they're not from the mange; they're actual scars. So some, um, someone mistreated like, the dog, and, and we're, we're, we've got an experience of that too, where we rescued um, a dog uh, a couple, just a couple years ago, Cutie Pie, that we've got here. We, we call her Cutie Pie, and she was obviously burned, mm. um, and her hair was 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 ruined on, on one part of her. As she grew up, and the hair grew out, we got it all trimmed off and everything. And she's you know a normal dog, mostly happy dog. She doesn't bark indoors she will not bark indoors mm. unless there is something alarming going on you know like someone doing something weird at the door if someone knocks at the door she just goes and stands and looks at the door <laughs> but if something weird goes on then she starts you know growling and then barking and she'll sit there and get right in front of you and just back up to your heel to your uh, mm. toes and like she's going to guard you but she's just a little rat-haired terrier you know she's not nothing big or anything but if you say anything that sounds like admonishment she immediately falls down and rolls on her back like she's afraid you're gonna hit her mm -hmm. and so I, I know she was mistreated before us but um i mean and we've had her for several years but you know the, the, those kind of habits i guess die hard yeah he's he's uh he's getting better um he loves my kids um, in fact, today my, my wife went to run some errands and dropped the kids off at my parents' house so they could play with their cousins. And and I'm here at home just by myself in the office. I had to have the office door open and turn Alexa on, connected to the Bluetooth, Bluetooth speaker because he was pacing around, mm -hmm. you know, whimpering, looking for the kids. Hmm. And he does that even when my wife and I are home and the kids are, are at, you know, uh, one of my my brothers or sisters houses mm -hmm. you know he just loved i lost david i lost john no i'm here Did, so we lost david he's he's still there but just can't hear him uh, maybe what? he himself by mistake Okay, uh, let's see if he... Oh, there he is. You back? Did he mute himself? Because <laughs> I see <laughs> him on there. I just... I see him on there, too. Don't know what's happened. Oh, 
There he comes. Oh, oh he left. Yeah. Well, he jumped on for a second. Let's see if he can rejoin. I'm here. Oh, there you are. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Huh? Well, government. Government. The government inspired on me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, what I was saying, yeah. the dog has a completely different relationship with my daughter. He's very sweet, very loving, gentle. Whereas with my soon-to-be four-year-old son, he's just all play with him. <laughs> Loves playing with him. All grown up. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's very interesting to see how just in a few weeks he's already you know adapting to like okay langley likes soft and gentle whereas declan likes to roughhouse and you know have me jump up on him and you know he plays plays with me hmm. nice it's always great to have that connection with a new pup yep yep you're gonna have to send well, we'll his picture so we can you know look at that <laughs> maybe we'll post it as the round eight um <laughs> image <laughs> ice cube yeah i gotta say ice tim cube. has been doing fantastic work on, oh, on the yeah. images he's been putting together for us the stuff for days of future past is just amazing sorry you got left out of the one but hey you got like right out in front in the other even though someone said you look like jed hirsch <laughs> what <laughs> yeah on facebook said someone that? said why does wolverine look like jed hirsch uh, it was is that a, a compliment I think so. Judd Hirsch is a handsome man. I wouldn't know. John, is he a handsome man? <laughs> Judd Hirsch? Yeah. You know, he was um, uh, Jeff Goldblum's father <laughs> in Independence Day. Alex John on Taxi. Silent. doesn't say anything. <laughs> like, uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, so is this young Judge Judd Hirsch? Or, oh, oh, my God. Why might you be compared to him? Wasn't he the guy in uh, Taxi? Was, that the, was he the Dear John guy too on NBC? That show, uh, Dear John. I, possibly. Yeah, he was. <laughs> How do I remember a show from 1988 to 1992? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You were just a little one then. You you were still watching Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Wing Power Rangers was not a thing when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I still don't. 90s. It. 90s. And, if, oh. and we got to talk up Power Rangers. I have a new boss, and he's a Power Rangers guy. <laughs> he's even got—I think he's wow. even got some Power Rangers comics. So Power yeah, on, it was going strong. It was on right. the wow. John wow. Byrne artwork burned into our collective memory when I posted the show there. Don Broder asked, "When did Jun Hirsch become Wolverine?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm he, coming for you. He just doesn't know you. That's all. But I like that, you know, that we've all got our, our, our like, mutant names. Art Man, Weather Man, Post Man, Tech Man, and I guess, um, Daverine. <laughs> Wolfer Dave. It was, it was good artwork. It really yeah, was. Yeah, it, it was. It is, it is good artwork, yeah. Yes. Now we're gonna he does that in his free time and, like, a million times faster than any of us could do it. Because yeah. he just whips that stuff out, you know. It'd be like 20 minutes after the show, he's like, "Oh, I got the cover art ready." It's like, "Wait, what you do? What do you think?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this, this is all just is it's work through Photoshop, right? Mm -hmm. The way he's done that. I mean, he has to work the images so that they're the right size and, and color matched and all that. Um, but that works out pretty good. He's, he's he does great work. We should give Tim a raise. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just double his salary. Okay, that. Let's do that. Okay, done. Tim, your salary's been doubled. Double zero. Now get me a beer. Oh wait, no, I've got Smirnoff here. <laughs> well, we do have some stuff to talk about this week, other than the fact that I guess I look like Judd Hirsch. Um, <laughs> In my younger days, uh, uh, I used to get confused for David Boreanaz, but I guess I'll take Judd Hirsch now. You know, there, there's a, a, a different actor that I was thinking, and um, not the one... Let's see, i got to get his name right. I think it's... Probably the guy from The Mask. George Burns? No, no. Um, I was thinking, based on your pictures, uh, Good night. I think his name is David Keith. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he was I like an officer that. and a gentleman, and uh, he was he was uh, Jack Murdoch in the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. Yep, Battling I can see Jack. that. Yeah. So, there's 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 similarity there. I don't look yeah, like that's anybody. That's a little closer. He's got, the, he's got the big face and beady eyes like me. He was, beady wasn't eyes he also on that, that cop TV show? Was it Cop Rock? Or was it Bad Boys? Uh, cop Rock? It was in the 80s. You don't remember Cop Rock? No, that sounds awful. Oh, yeah, it was. It was horrible. <laughs> it, like, lasted three shows, I think. <laughs> but it was one of those things that became, like, an urban legend, you know, down the road. <laughs> but, no, he was, on, he was on Bad Boys, not Cop Rock. Cop Rock was just a bad show, I remember. Bad Boys was also a bad show, I remember, but it was a cop show. You, what you going to do, Bad Boys, or a different one? Uh, they, <laughs> you know what? It wasn't Bad Boys. It was Nasty Boys. Because okay. they were using Janet's song in it. Every time, you know, it's like, you know, remember the SWAT TV show where every time they had to bring out the van, they'd play the SWAT theme, da 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 And then on this Nasty Boy show, every time that they had to go and do a raid, they'd play Nasty Boys, you know, <laughs> the the Janet Jackson song. That sounds like a, a club name, you know. Like, where are you going? <laughs> Nasty Boys. That's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Mm. He was on Lone Star. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's got a huge. He was on uh, the Hawaii Five O reboot for eight years. Yeah, and he's been nominated for two useless statues. <laughs> I'm talking about Golden Globes. Yes. But uh, we will speak of them never again. Thanks to the Hollywood Foreign Press. Oh yeah, they were they were top of the news this week. Yes. Not in a good way. Nope. Name is mine. But you, you know, things that are good though, and you know, we've talked about in the past about we're we're living in the age of as comic book fans, I, I think the golden age of of comic TV shows, comic movies. Uh, I gotta say, we're kind of at the end of the TV golden age. I... Supergirl, Flash, and one other show all had the lowest ratings they've had ever this week. They're they're just sliding. Oh, Batwoman, all sliding down that 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 rating slope. Now it could just uh, be that the world is opening up, and people yes. are trying to get out more, or it could just be that they're you know they've got that Star Trek Voyager slope that you know Mad Libs of an episode scripts uh, slope. Well, for me, I I got bored with them. With Flash, I've been watching Flash, Flash regularly. And Supergirl, still been, just, still been watching Flash regularly, and yeah, I just got bored with them. Yeah, the 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 current storyline is a little 
bizarre and out there. I mean, Flash has always been in a bizarre and out there, but it just doesn't have the zing that the previous seasons had. More than a multiverse Barry Allen in a metal suit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, the Flash movie with Ezra Miller has started filming. And um, they have confirmed that Michael Keaton will be and Ben yes. Affleck both will be in, yep. in there as a, as a Batman. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, that that could be interesting. They're going to do Flashpoint, and I think they're going to use that to restructure the entire DC movie universe. Are they so that, bring that, Burt Ward back? that'll explain why Robert Pattinson, why Batman is younger, rather than the old Batman that Ben Affleck is. I thought they already explained that uh, Pattinson's Batman was going to be, you know, an alternate Earth Batman. Yeah, and oh, that's right, that's right. They said that they said something that he's not part of the regular anyway, right. and that this next Superman movie that J.J. Abrams is working on is also going to be outside any of the DCU continuity because it'll be a black Superman. Well, yeah, it's a Superman of, and, and mm -hmm. I apologize, my crown Dr. Pepper brain right now. Uh, the Earth a, a documentary of Muhammad Ali, Earth Twenty One, Earth Twenty One Superman, who yes mm -hmm. is a is a black man, mm -hmm. and he's a great Superman. He was in uh, Grant Morrison's Multiversity. He was first introduced in Action Comics by Grant Morrison, okay. the 2011 New Fifty Two reboot, ah. and then he appeared in Multiversity and some other series uh, since then. And yeah, he's a he's a great character. I think he's even the the president i have to google it quick but um i want to say he's the president uh as well as being superman so you know i i, I kind of have a problem with that not, not just the superman being president but like you remember the old captain america story with captain america yeah uh they did a what if where he was president based on the roger stern and john burns story where they wanted him to run for president and i'm just like you don't want a superhero running for president because all superheroes know to do is react. They don't know how to plan and definitely don't know how to budget. Well, yeah, but I think that's different for, I mean, I, I, as a whole, I would agree with you. But I think when you talk about somebody like, the, you know, Captain America, Steve Rogers, mm -hmm. you know, he's a, incredibly intelligent. Same with, you know, a Clark Kent. But yes, there's definitely people you would not want as president. That are superheroes. I, I just, you know, I mean, I think Superman would be better just being Superman. In, you know, churn that mighty river, change the course of that mighty river. That's that's good. We need Superman to do that. You know, Ben stealing your bare hands, balance the budget. I <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it, sorry, it, I was it, wrong. It's Earth twenty three, and his name is Calvin Ellis. Calvin Ellis. Okay. But, I mean, again, you know, it's like, um, now, a good, he, he is a good nuclear deterrent, much like Iron Man was in, in Iron Man 2, you know, that, that, that's good, don't, don't take off the United States, then Superman will come after you, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Or Superman of the Red Sun. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for Yes, I'm, I'm all for, uh, for you know, greater diversity of characters. And, and I, I enjoy these alternate takes on different superheroes. Mm -hmm. Although it, it does sometimes get taxing. 
right? Of well, how many different versions of Superman can there be? You know, why can't they be their own character and not in the shadow of you know one of the originals? Yeah, I, I, it's. I mean, there, there's more talk about Henry Cavill doing another Superman movie. And he's great. And, yeah, he's he just a not good, not great movie. He hasn't I mean, gotten I good material. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate any of them. I. I I fault the writing. I fault, you know, a lot of other things, but not him. I, I fault the, the producers, mostly, for, you know, expecting a take beyond what we really want to see. For, you know, but I mean, Brandon, Brandon Ruth had the same problem. Right. Well, mm -hmm. Brandon Ruth also had, had other issues in the fact that they'd already had an aborted Superman movie done beforehand. And all the money that was spent on all that Nicholas stuff Cage. for, for yeah, Nicholas Cage and, and um, Tim Burton, you yes. know, was rolled into the budget of Superman Returns. So therefore, it was already starting behind on the budget. So it was like over two hundred million. And you know, even though it made up that, and it, I don't, I think it made like five or six hundred million. If it had just been off its regular budget, it probably would have been considered a hit. It right. still wasn't a great hit, you know, because it just made people feel a little weird about Superman. I mean, we kind of well, had stalker hard, Superman. Well, it's hard when you ha you're still in the shadow of Christopher Reeve, mm -hmm. you know, who, you know, for a lot of us, including myself, you know, he will always be Superman. Yeah. 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 Always. You know, as much as I think Henry Cavill is a great Superman... And I thought Brandon Routh, Routh did a great job as Superman. He, they will never be Christopher Reeve. And right. I think that's also what makes John Byrne's Superman so, you know, relatable for, for most people is that his Superman mirrors a lot of those same features that Christopher Reeve had. He doesn't look like Christopher yes. Reeve um, all the time. There are panels in, in, in a lot of Byrne's stories where you say, wow, that kind of looks like Christopher Reeve. But he still has that same kind of way of dealing with people and, and way of doing things that um, that made you feel like the Christopher Reeve Superman, where you don't get yeah, that I, with many other artists or writers. No, and I think, you know, like, because my wife was, you we were talking about this, you know, uh, as kids, right, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman show mm -hmm. was in reruns, and so, you know, like, to us, Linda Carter was Wonder Woman. She still is Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. She always will be. Yeah. But because there was such a big gap between her show ending and then there was no TV or movies or anything with Wonder Woman, I think it allowed Gal Gadot to come into that role without a lot of baggage compared with, you know, a Brandon Ruth or Ralph, right, 10, 14 years after the last Superman movie trying to fill those shoes and, and, and wearing a very work. skimpy outfit. That that Superman <laughs> outfit he had that was just like I mean Brian Singer. Uh, he is what he is. That right there was just so wrong. Of course, the the costume that he wore at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths was perfect. I haven't seen it yet. I I saw that they didn't they release that as like a DVD set so you can watch. I I don't know. Um, I, but I if, I mean just you should look up the images of it. Um, because the, they've got him in the Kingdom Come, uh, outfit, and that was the best comic book representation on screen I've ever seen of a of a superhero costume. 
Well, let me ask you this. So, one of the reasons why, to me, Christopher Reeve embodies Superman, and I think Brandon Ruth brought some of that to the role as well, is that they're not, neither one of them were overly muscular. You know, they were tall, definitely fit, but not, you know, like one of my criticisms of Cavill is, especially in the first movie, he's so freaking ripped. It's like, there's no way you would recognize him as Superman, right? <laughs> the dude is just... Ripped well, to the moon and back. It's, the, like, it's, the, it's the costume, though, that, that does that more than anything. The costume has no, got the... No, he's huge. No, he is he huge. Like civilian clothes. He is huge, and he is muscular. But, it, I, I mean, the thing is, they make the costume so it fits the muscles and shows the muscles. When you look at, at, at Brandon Routh or even even um, uh, who's playing on Superman and Lois right now, uh, Tyler Hoechlin, when they're in their costumes, you know, Brandon Routh's costume is not, like doesn't have the built-in muscles so you know he's he's got to fill that himself and he fills it fine and he looks good tyler hoekland but, but you shouldn't need it i don't right. think hulk well and okay so that's a good segue here and yeah. I, I want to get john's opinion on this so uh, we have well, on the agenda for today superman and lois well, invincible before, jupiter's before legacy you... and star wars bad batch mm -hmm. yes happy um, birthday george lucas happy birthday george lucas before you do, uh, I want to just touch in on um, uh, Henry Cavill and what you said about him as being you know, too muscular Superman. I mean, compare shirtless Henry Cavill to shirtless Superman on the opening page of, what is it, Superman 2 uh, with John Byrne, uh, him lifting the tree out, and there's uh, Lana all like um, <laughs> Yeah, scrawled out. Yeah, I mean... That to me was just like, well, okay, there's there's Henry Cavill. He's embodying John Byrne Superman because, whew, that was pretty hot. <laughs> but should Superman be super swole like that? I just, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> uh, but I do agree with you that Brendan Roos did a really good job of continuing the Christopher Reeve Superman. Uh, he did a really good job. I really appreciate that work there. And the story was bad. And he it had uncanny resemblance. It yeah. is quite striking. Okay, he did a look, great job. look in the chat there, David. <laughs> Do I want to? Yeah, yeah. Send me no, it's it's pic. it's it's a picture of Brandon Routh and uh, Grant Gustin along with a fan on the set, and he's in the Kingdom Come Superman outfit. And at the very end of the Crisis on Infinite Earths they duplicated the Superman scene from the very end of Superman the movie where he comes and flies up and smiles at the camera. Uh, and he was wearing the, the regular Superman S at the, at the very end. So I think they did a, yeah. I thought they I did a they... Pretty, pretty darn good job on that, that costume. It looked a lot better than the costume in the uh, 2000s in Superman Returns. Yeah. But I, I kind of like Tyler Hoechlin's new costume, the one that's for the Superman and Lois. I just, I think they need to bring back the trunks. They brought the trunks back in the in the in the comics. No reason they can't bring him back on the show. Yeah. And they showed him so, also in in the um, in the older costume in the first episode. Yes. I thought that was that yeah, was that was cool. But you so, can tell that well, costume well, was thrown together. Uh, well, he said his mom made it. Mom made so, it. Yeah. His mom made it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Come on. So if you haven't heard, um, I'm watching it on HBO Max. I believe is is it a CW show? Yes. Uh, Superman and Lois. Um, we get 
and this is where it ties into comics and cocktails. So kind of quasi tied into. And there may be spoilers, so if you yes. haven't seen it, you don't want to be spoiled. Um, I don't think anyway. I don't think anybody's going to worry about that. Go ahead. Okay. There's Just only five. Explain. Only five episodes out. Episode six, I think I read today, is on May 18th. Mm-hmm. So you got plenty of time to catch up between now and then. It's quasi ripped from the horrifically bad Convergence uh, miniseries, which was driven by DC moving their offices from New York to California. Um, but it it's a Superman and Lois have a child, which is where you get Jonathan Kent from Convergence. In the TV show, you get Jonathan and Jordan, which I want to get your opinion on Jordan, which I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Um, but it is an, it is a more mature Superman, a more mature Lois. Uh, I speculate, you know, they're in their late 30s or early 40s because Jonathan and Jordan are high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 16 or so. Yep. And dealing with, I don't want to give away too much, but dealing with potentially one or both of them having powers and Clark trying to juggle having a having a real family and real family responsibilities uh, while trying to be Superman at the same time. Clearly, this is not aimed at the younger kids. This is squarely aimed at people like us. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, there is something in this that I so relate to, and it's because of my job. And that is, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys in my job that I'm on call 24-7. And, you know, there were times where once every couple of days, I just have to stop whatever I'm doing to work. You know, it could be in the middle of the night, could be in the middle of the day. If we were out on a cruise, I had to make sure that we had, you know, strong Wi-Fi connection or whatever. Because you never knew when I was going to have to stop, pull out the laptop and go to work. Right. And, you know, that my you could hear that sigh from my son. And it's just like the expression you see on Jordan and Jonathan whenever Superman has to go do something. Or, you know, the, at the very early when they were not even aware that he was Superman. I uh, don't know how you hide that from your kids. Eh, parents can hide a lot of stuff from kids, and kids, if they grow up in a certain environment, just accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dad dashes off all the time to go do whatever he's doing, right? And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's the way it's always been. He's a reporter, but mom's got the Pulitzer. <laughs> right. Uh, John, have you watched the show as well or not? I am probably one, at least an episode behind, but yeah, I have been watching it. And uh, it's an interesting concept. Um, it takes a little bit to get used to uh, the placement of it because you're thinking, all right, um, is this in? Is this 15 years from Supergirl's future, or is this closer to Supergirl, or is it because of the crisis? It's all kind of mishmashed now, and this is the new merging. Well, the crisis so kind of the crisis gives you the the ability to yeah. to mash it around so you can have it be whatever it is. Yeah. So far, they haven't they've explained kept it... that yet, as far as I know. They haven't explained that yet. Yeah. Because I don't think you've seen a... it. It's very clear to me. It's not Prime Earth. This is some alternate. So you're saying it's because... not the same Earth as as all the other Belenti shows are on? No, no, because 
most of those have been pretty close to the comic book tellings. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, there's no Jordan Kent. And I, I'll Google it just to make sure I'm not talking out my butt. Well, you, and, you well, know, I'm, the thing is, is that when they did Crisis, um, at, at, towards the end of Crisis, there was something about them having one child. And then when everything got changed around and everything, you know, worlds lived, worlds died, nothing was ever the same. All of a sudden, Superman's flying and Lois tells him something's going on with the boys. And he's surprised. Boys. And then he, he just plays it off. And next thing you know, okay, well, there's two boys, you know. Artie, there's something wrong with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm enjoying the show, but I, I do worry about the the father-son's dynamic and, you know, how they're going to play that where he can be Superman and yet not be failing at, at you know, what he has to do. Um, well, I was wondering if they were trying to bring in the whole um, story aspect, not the whole story, but like the elements from Burns Generations where Superman had two, two boys and one didn't have the powers. Well, and that, and that seems like it, what's going on because... It, and then he turned evil or got mad and, you know, plotted against his brother and all of that stuff. But, oh, spoilers well, for Generation. Yeah, but both these boys are, you know, if you, you watch them right now, they're, they're both good kids, you know, and they got each other's back. They're looking out for each other. There's no jealousy. There's no whatever. They, they're backing wow. each other up. That's the way they're, they're writing them right now. And, yes. and hopefully they don't take it down that road. I don't want it to go down that road. I want them to take a different road, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, they, of course, are, are, are bringing some very topical things into the show. Uh, what with yes. Lana Lang's husband. Uh, he's a jerk, man. I hate him. Oh, <laughs> of course you do. You're supposed to. I mean, he's... And, he, he's, and, the, and, the, and the Elon Musk type billionaire. Well, that see, it's Morgan Edge. Um, which yeah. of course we got to meet Morgan Edge. No, no, I'm sorry, that was Max Lord in Wonder Woman. Uh, they, they, that's right. We had <laughs> we had Morgan Edge in. Um, wasn't he on Supergirl? Or was that also Max Lord that was on Supergirl? Well, you guys are gonna have to help me because I, like I said, I have not seen the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and when I just did a Google, it looks like these these actors showed up in in that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clark and Lois did. Clark and Lois have been showing up in the uh, Berlantiverse uh, since Supergirl. Um, I mean, Clark, Clark showed, uh, Superman showed Supergirl. up like the first season of Supergirl, and his first appearance was just so Christopher Reeve-like uh, that, ev- that that as soon as that happened, the next day, that's all everybody was talking about. And Tyler Hoechlin did did a, you know has done a great job. I, I just wonder if there's anything he can do about that super five o'clock shadow because he always has it. But I think that's Tyler Hoechlin. Just he can't shave fast enough. He has to get a mirror and use his heat vision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> now, um, Elizabeth Tullock, who plays Lois, uh, if you ever watched The Grim, you know that she was a, a main character on that show for a couple years before this started. And she's a good, she makes a really good Lois. I like her. As Lois, in fact, I like her more than um, what's her name that was in Superman Returns, Kate Bosworth. Um, now, and I'll, I'll say something um, here that you probably don't care to hear. I never cared for Margot Kidder as Lois Lane, and that was because she reminded you me. Shut your dirty pirate hooker mouth. <laughs> <laughs> 
when she talks, she sounds just like my sister. So, <laughs> well, things didn't end well for her. No. 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 She had kind of a rough, rough road after the Superman. Yeah. Franchise. But uh, I mean, you know, so you know, Margot Kidder was, you know, as, as I, I was happy in Superman three when Lana Lang came around. Of course, I met O'Toole, and oh my, you know, um, cross my heart. But uh, and if you don't know, what I'm talking about. There's a movie with Annette O'Toole called Cross My Heart. You must watch. David, does Brian need to mute himself for a few minutes? What are you talking about? Let you get over your Annette O'Toole. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll shut up now. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, now. that's I'm okay. Just pour me some more of my Smirnoff Ice lemon lime here. <laughs> Annette's gorgeous, and she makes a great uh, Lana. And uh, she does great um, in her role since. So yeah, it's my can, yeah. She does. Yeah, kind of been reinvented over and over because in the new Fifty Two, she was an engineer, or at least had an engineer background. And here in the Superman and Lois show, she's just a housewife that stayed in Smallville. Mm-hmm. You know, how, 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 you know that first scene was really, or, you know, when we first got introduced to Ma. And uh, her passing, was, that was very touching. They did a really good job with that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Pa Kent's death kind of was a little too quick. Yeah. The way they, the way they, if it had been more like, like Glenn Ford. I love and, you, son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it had been more like Glenn Ford's, you know, death in, in the first Superman movie, you know, that, that, they, they were just trying to move things along so quick, especially in that. You want to get sucked up in a tornado first? <laughs> at least at least it was comic correct he gets he has a heart attack yeah although in the comics he doesn't die superman goes well, no no in the comics Same. in the in the, the bronze age it was that weird alien disease that only superman could survive <laughs> yeah and and then uh what was it action comics 500 or is it super, uh superman goes into the afterlife and brings his dad back mm. but yeah yeah <laughs> poor uh poor what, but, space? what i'll say is you know that that we got what five episodes before yes the hiatus and all yep. of them were were pretty decent the introduction of the luther character and i won't say anything more than that uh, well i can take i guess captain luther it's not lex yes. luther or at least not the lex nope. luther that we know no john crier so far um is uh Thanks. is different but I, I don't or kevin spacey yeah or uh gene hackman who's the guy that gene hackman yeah but or or the guy that was on the 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 superboy series the the lex luther they had on there the second one was was actually pretty good first one frat boy one really sucked but uh, the second one i can't remember his name frat, frat boy lex luther well he was the first season of the of the the superboy series that you can watch on HBO Max, I think. Um, he was just like frat boy. He wear the the Izod shirts with the collars pulled up like Biff. Oh gosh. You know, and just uh, he was just an annoying frat boy. And then they basically put him in an accident, got plastic surgery, removed his hair, and he was the um, other fellow. Now I gotta look up his name. Dang it! You did that to me. <laughs> And he wasn't the guy from the social media. What's his name? The social media? No, uh, no, 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 no. Jesse Eisenberg? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. 
You know, I I, I thought uh, if he played him much like he played Zuckerberg, that that would have been a good role. But he pretty much did, just amped up. I, yeah, he was a cross between neurotic. Yeah, he was he was a cross between his character as Mark Zuckerberg and my old roommate from college, Eric. He's just. Mm. Uh, okay, the, let's see. Who played Lex Luthor? It was... Yeah, Sherman Howard. And... Um, Sherman Helmsley? No, Sherman Howard. Which <laughs> makes me think of, like, Moe and Curly. Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard. But, <laughs> I, you know, my head, my head canon with Lex Luthor is always a... He's older than Superman... Physically bigger than Superman, right? Really? He's fat. Oh, fat, yes. fat, fat, yeah. Yeah, not like muscular, not Cavill swole. Like Fred Mertz fat. Yeah, he's <laughs> like Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield size. Um, but it was always his brain and his intellect, you know, and his ego mm -hmm. that wouldn't allow him to accept Superman. You know, in our in our age, and I think in one of our shows you had said that Byrne, you know, reinvented. Lex Luthor for the for the times, mm -hmm. you know, is an Eisenberg character the next evolution, you know, of Lex Luthor the the younger, IT. Uh, I mean that's that's what what they, they were John attempting Ugg. to do with with. I said, Ugg. yeah, that's I don't yeah. like I don't like Eisenberg's portrayal and I don't like um, Cryer's portrayal. I like Cryer's portrayal, but it, I like Cryer's portrayal as being that over the top for the Berlantiverse kind of thing. I I, I think that works works perfectly there with how they've been doing those shows. Now are they? I think I just kind of don't like John Cryer and his acting at all. So he just kind of annoys wait, me. Wait, so that's wait, probably, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. You don't like Ducky? No. Oh well. Okay, so. Since Ducky, I don't like okay, John. Okay, because I, I was about like to, John, We're about to have issues because I didn't say I didn't like Ducky. I said I don't like John Cryer. I know. I'm just saying think, that if you didn't like Ducky, we were going to have issues. Yeah. Oh, I loved. I liked Ducky. I know that. I I, I just yeah. had a feeling. I love that scene in uh, the music shop when he first meets with um, Annie Potts and all Try that. He a does little this. tenderness. That's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. I love it. He did such a good job there, but yeah. otherwise, nah. Recently, I just don't like it. If y'all don't know, we're talking about the movie Pretty in Pink. Came out in the 80s, a John Hughes film. Molly Ringwald, John Cryer, Andrew McCarthy. Brat pack. Yeah. I was still crapping in my diapers. You still oh. are. <laughs> just, just watch the early films of John Hughes. Here, let me just put my let me put the headset on my wife. You, and she can, can have an hour-long discussion. Some kind of wonderful. <laughs> talk about the breakfast club and <laughs> all those movies they which were great most of them i haven't seen yeah so mm -hmm. what's what's our overall thought superman and lois is a thumbs up oh yeah it's, yeah. it's worth watching well, definitely. i like it well enough yeah i, I do me too i think it's a, a a good modern take on an older superman Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like I like how they're portraying the boys right now. I mean, you know, they're not being too stupid. They're they're stupid enough to move the plot along. Yeah, but they're not too stupid. Yeah. They don't have to be teenage boys. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan Jordan's a little too emo for my taste, but I mean, he's, it's he's part of the drama of the, of the show. show. He's coming out of his shell. That's CW, David. And, and I of know, course, I know. it's Lana's daughter that is 
you know, the impetus of his character. Tits McGee? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Where'd that come Come on, you know they're all over 18. <laughs> the word... Am I going to be on to catch a predator here, or the what? The word I'm looking for is, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris Hansen, have a seat. <laughs> oh my... Okay. So, you just happened to bring along pizza, corona, and condoms, and you just wanted to talk to her? <laughs> Sorry. Did you ever see the series uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? No. It was a it was an Aaron Sorkin series with Matthew Perry and um, oh I don't remember the other guy but it, it the thing was it was basically about the buildup of a Saturday Night Live type TV series mm. and so they you know every week they were trying to you know put together one and one of the skits they had that they showed they just showed a few seconds of it was Santa coming down coming out of the the fireplace and he's sitting there and he's looking at uh, get, see, seeing the cookies and milk and seeing a note. And he's going, oh, ho, ho, ho. And all of a sudden, Chris Hansen comes walking out. and goes, oh, ho, 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 really? Now, what is it you're doing here? And so they're like, oh, just hang it around. And they go away. They come back. And Chris Hansen's sitting there looking at the note. He goes, now, it says on here, these are your words. Have you been naughty or have you been nice? <laughs> just so bad. Hilarious and inspired. That's, um, that's Aaron Sorkin. Well, moving on to our next show, and I don't know of, of the three of us here. I mean, I know I've watched it, but have either of you watched Invincible? Oh, yes. My, I have not since the first episode. My son made me watch what? it. And, and you know what's funny? Um, it, so, so, John, you watched the first episode? I did. Okay, and that one like made you decide not to watch it further, or you just haven't gotten around to it? Uh, no, I decided not to watch it further. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why, John. Uh, my, I was okay until the last five minutes, yeah, and then I'm like, no. My, my wife and son were the fork. same way. They, they Both of them were just like, I, I can't watch this again. I can't watch any more of this. Oh, my God, what happened here? My wife is like, going, no, 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 no. You know, it's a hard last five minutes. I know, but I, the thing was, is that I was not surprised. I haven't read no. the book. I knew nothing I about the book. The I, knew, I knew Kirkland had written it, but I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that this wasn't going to be the standard Pop and Son superhero story. It was going to be a deconstruction or, or, or something else. And so when it took that left turn, I was like, okay, this is where the story's going. That wasn't a left turn. That was through the guardrail and over the cliff. I mean, a, me, hard, a hard right. <laughs> that was, no. So, for, if you don't know what we're talking about, so uh, I think Brian is the same as I am. Neither one of us have read the comics, but we're aware of them. And Invincible is essentially, what if Superman came to Earth, but he was an adult, and he had ulterior motives vis-a-vis uh, -vis working for an imperial version of Krypton who enslaves other planets. And his mission in coming to Earth was basically to prep the Earth for takeover. And uh, obviously when his son finds out about it, who also has powers, um, is not okay with it, and everything that happens in between... Uh, is the, is the season one uh, kind of build up, and I, I believe the comic went for 150 issues. I want to say 
Yeah, and I, what I, yeah, and what I understand is that the, the, the TV series has already diverged from the comics. So that you can't look at the comics as a blueprint of what's going to happen. It doesn't surprise me. He did the same thing with The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Same writer. Now, yeah, Robert ones. Kirkman. Same writer. And, you know, I, I got to say, you know, of course, the, the, the main character um, is the son. It's not the story of the father. It's actually the son, Mark right. Grayson. And he's voiced by Stephen Yin, who was uh, Glenn on Walking Dead. Yeah, and then you've got uh, the guy from the Allstate. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. J. J. Jonah Jameson as, as, as the Nolan Grayson. And 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 oh, God, what's his perfect. Omni Man? Is it Omni Man? Omni. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then Sandra O, oh, Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy, um, as as the mother or the the wife of Omni Man, Debbie. Yeah. See, when the artwork, the art, the animation artwork is amazing, and I love the I love the characters characterizations that I saw, and I was. And I hadn't read Invincibles either. Um, my husband, he watched the whole series and he got the Invincibles catalog um, on, you know, to read on his tablet. And so he read through all of them. <laughs> oh, he already binged through all the comics? He binged oh, through wow. the comics. Holy cow, that's a, that's a big undertaking. That's, that's a lot a of issues. Project. That's a big catalog. That's three on the buy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. And there's a there's an amazing cast doing the voices on this yeah, because you've got yeah, Zachary Quinto on great. there as the robot, and yep. I know that Clancy Brown is doing several different voices. Ross Markand, uh, who's on Walking Dead, also is is on there. Frank Tessator, who he's like the voice of pretty pretty much any Transformer you might know, and I think didn't you do Sabretooth as well and the Hulk and a bunch of others? Yeah. Mahershala Ali, um, and Seth Rogen, and just a lot of a lot of other guys just coming out of the woodwork. Ezra Miller's uh, did did some voices in there too, uh, and it's just uh, an, an interesting story. You know, I mean, it's got a lot of you know the regular superhero tropes, but then yes, a lot of surprises. Very Justice League, you know, with with the the main or the old guard, I guess you could call it. Very Justice League ish. Mm-hmm. And then all of Mark Grayson's, who's the main character of the series, you could kind of call, call all of his people around him like the Teen Titans. Yeah. Because they're all younger um, superheroes kind of trying to figure out their own way. And some of them realizing they're in way over their heads compared to some of the powers that, that people have. Um, I would definitely recommend the show. I think, um, as John said, the first episode, especially if you're a comic book fan and you like the Justice League, especially, is very difficult. The last, you know, five, ten minutes, whatever it is, is very hard to watch. Um, but it, it is a a good story. It I feel like very kind of like violent, John's, uh, very gory. very violent. Oh yes, this is not for kids, by the way, not for kids. Mm-hmm. This is strictly adult. Um, even the later episodes, you know, there's a lot of violence in it. Uh, but I feel like John's husband were like, even though I've known of the series and I haven't picked it up, I really want to pick up the comics now, especially since Brian's saying that Kirkman's doing his usual diverge from the comics. So you can read the comics and you kind of know some of the major beats, but it's going to be different. Has me intrigued. The ending of the first season, you know, it, it, 
My wife and son walked away from it with a completely different feeling than I had. Mm. Because, you know, I, I, I got a feeling of what's coming next. And they're not looking at it that way. I love the guy he talks to on the moon, by the yeah. way. <laughs> and I'm not, not going to give anything away, but it's so funny. <laughs> Never uh, is exactly well, what she expected hey, to be. Have either of you guys seen Justice Society World War II yet? No. No, it's on my list. Yeah, same here. Want to watch it? It's it's good. Okay, when you when you all watch it, we'll cover it on Cocktails and Comics. I saw it. Uh, we watched it together, and really good. I liked it. I liked it. Is it like, um, was it Jeff Johns? Uh, what was it? Justice League Frontier? That was um, well, New, New Frontier, and that was New based Frontier. on Darwin Cook's work. Darwin Cook, yep, that's it. Um... You know, I guess it kind of is in that in that vein of storytelling, uh, except it's. I don't think this is a spoiler, but it takes place in an alt, you know, alternate Earth two type thing. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just really interesting. I, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, the artwork was good. The acting was good. Uh, the story was actually nice to follow along through. So um, now is now is this an actual all ages DC animated movie? Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, you know, I don't that watch PG-13 because it's got some bloody I don't images watch it in with it. A, I don't watch it with a filter of, is this an all-ages film? I should start doing that so that I can recommend it to your kids, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's no sex and nudity in it, but there is some violence and gore. It, it's a little bit more on the violent side. It's because of war. It takes place in World right. War II, so it's that aspect of things. So it's not that. The violence isn't like what we saw in Invincible. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I enjoyed it. So, I, you know, I like I the, art, all... the art images that I see on it, but it, it raises right. some questions with me. Um, looking at the cast, I see that there is a Superman there. Um, is Superman around during that time, or does he come in later? Or can I ask that? Uh, yeah, no, you can. Um, you can, not, but I'm not going to tell you. He's not the main focus of the Justice Society. Okay, and there's no Batman. No. Which I'm pleased, a DC I'm movie without a Batman? Thank God! Thank the gods! Thank Thank Rao! Thank Rao! That's all I'm Are you praising Superman's God, which turned out to be a fake? But yes. Um, actually, there. Um, Superman is a big part of it, but not in the way that you think. So it's it's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah. Def, this is something I definitely want to watch. Um, is it on HBO Max or is it something you have to rent? I thought it was on HBO Max, isn't it, John? It is. I think it is on HBO Max. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna have to have to watch that. You know, I'll probably watch that as I'm getting ready for bed. Speaking of your, your oh kid, no, Brian, you know what? It's on what? Prime Video. That's right. Oh, Prime. Speaking of your kid, Brian, did he already binge his? Uh, what was that? hardcover i sent berserk berserker yes yeah he's he's been through that and he's been through some other stuff fact is is right this moment and it, it's 11 20 at night here he is at his table and he is drawing for me um it's not it, it normally he's drawing anime or or manga characters but i you know i was sitting there and i was kind of I, i'd been looking over some of the batman uh, not batman but um jla avengers you know that george perez had done 
And so, mm. you know, I said to myself, could you do like a, a Batman Captain America fight scene where Batman is basically trying to get his shield away? And so that's what he's doing right now. Is he's sitting there trying to draw that? Um, I don't think he'll feel uh, well enough about it for me to show you guys what it looks like. But uh, he is, you know, he's been doing a lot, of, a lot of art, and he's getting really good at it. Um, he's, he's still trying to figure out anatomy and proportions and all that. So I'm showing him like Gil Kane and Byrne and others. Uh, I think Gil- you're gonna have him take his portfolio to see Byrne at a convention. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think we'll see Byrne doing that again ever um does your does your son put pirate boots on everyone no no not yet he, he hasn't gotten to he hasn't gotten to the feet yet i haven't seen feet on his character there's some life belt school he's 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 working on that oh it's it's so funny I, I i was sitting there trying to pull up some images of of the captain america batman uh from the jla avengers to show him yeah and it just happened to bring up Liefeld's Captain America with the bumped out chest. Oh, and Chris is like, what is that? Oh my gosh. Who did he eat? Uh, somebody did that with uh, the Falcon. From yes. the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. And they did, that, did that with uh, Chris Evans. They did that with Chris Evans, too. There's a, so an image of Chris Evans done. like, And I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this. <laughs> So ridiculous. Rob Liefeld's a well, nice good. guy. That's, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, crazy. I'm glad he already read through that whole book. You know, I'm I'm working on my my 13 year old nephew. Um, he's been putting in some hours at the comic shop doing uh, comic check ins and all that stuff. So he gets uh, paid 10 bucks an hour, and then every comic that comes in the shipment, he gets a copy of it. Mm. So he usually leaves with a stack of of comics and you know 20, 30 bucks in his pocket. And I'd be danged if it doesn't take him like weeks to read, you know, the comics he gets, and it just drives me nuts. They've been like, doing uh, the star testing, um, which is all the standardized testing they do in the schools here, uh, over the last two weeks, and he finishes his test within, you know, within the first third of the time that they allot. You know, if it's if it's an hour and a half, he does it in less than thirty minutes. You know regardless of what it is writing reading math whatever and so he's got to bring stuff with him to read because you're not allowed mm. to get on your phone you're not allowed to talk with anybody right. so he's been bringing books up there now he can't bring those books up there because the material is a little bit too uh, intense and he'd get in trouble but i'm trying to remember what he was for bringing a manga yeah i mean it, it's you know the he'd brought uh, was it Chainsaw Man up there? And I think he got in trouble for that. So he can't take ones like those that have any explicit gore or you know anything like that. So he's got to be careful. Can't about they just be happy there. the kids are reading? I mean, really, they're not on their phone and they're not on an iPad and they're not on a computer. Just let them read if they want to read it, and it's not like pornography. Fine, who cares? Just let them read. Because that that was like a seven hundred or eight hundred page book. What I mean, it was a lot. Yeah, it is. And I mean, but he's he's gone through that already. He's. Did you read it? No. Is that your cup of tea or not? I. Well, the fact of the matter is, is I haven't been reading much lately. I've got a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff put aside uh, to be read. I went through generations uh, one and you already two, read not it? three yet. I, I need to go through three because mm-hmm. that's the one that I know the least. Um, I can't. <laughs> You got the you got the omnibus. Right? I bought it Brian. from the Comic Ferret. 
Yeah. Our buddy here. And we're right and, here. And I haven't even I haven't even cracked mine open yet. So were you pleased with the paper quality and the printing? I mean, that's that's always the big thing with those omnibuses or the you know deluxe hardcovers. You're you're paying for a high quality reproduction. Yes, I'm I'm very happy with that. Very happy with that. Uh, you know the, so, the the only one the only one of the books that I bought within the last couple of years that I'm not happy with was the uh, the DC Universe John Byrne book mm. that now is showing up at Ollie's for ten bucks. Oh, was shock! But the the printing on that was horrible. Oh boy! But it's a good thing to to use it to pull out for reference material if you need to look up any of that stuff and. I never uh, picked up the Batman Black and White to get the, the, the 3D stories, so I know that's in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't gone through that yet either. So I've got a lot of stuff to read, but I've been focusing on, on so many other things. I'm, I'm writing some stuff. And, um, cool. And, and... <laughs> Back to writing your hentai. hentai. <laughs> well, <laughs> Brian, so before you move on, yeah. uh, I don't want to lose the Generations connection here. Okay. So since you mentioned Generations, you posted something recently about John Byrne considering yes. writing Generation stories or an Invaders Justice Society story. What is that from? Where did you get that from? And that was where is just that... in his normal uh, conversation in the comments on Elswin 22. And, you know, as he's been talking, you know, on there, he throws out little snippets every now and then. If I see something that I think is, you know, really intriguing or cool, I'll post it out on Facebook. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm, like, trying to pull you into this, uh, because... uh, But that's really all he said. And then... um, I really don't care if he would do another Generations. I think I'm done with Generations, but I would love to see this Invaders Justice Society story. That would be so cool. Did you see the image that Marie Reese posted in in several of the John Byrne forums? That was basically the first page of a JSA Invaders storyline? Yes, I did. It had Superman strapped to the Zemo's rocket. Yeah. And it looked like Bucky was coming after him. Yeah. And I was like, what the... And apparently Byrne had yeah. drawn that many, many years ago. You know, I would love to see that story. Yeah. He, you know, if he abandoned X-Men X-Men and started doing what some people have thought of him telling the, telling like a, an issue or two of some of these commissions he's done, right. I would be all for that. That would be really cool. I'd love to see that. I think what he's doing is, is that, you know, he's gotten... He's, I have to assume that he has got to be at least eight to ten issues ahead of what he's releasing right now on elsewhere. Mm. And that, you know, he's maybe told the stories he wants to tell, but he's also made a comment here that, you know, because someone's talking about how we're coming up on the 25th issue and that should be some sort of anniversary. And he goes, 25? Nah, more like 50. Whoa! So, wow. so okay. you know, maybe he, I mean, I'm down maybe he feels I'm like he's got it. enough story to tell. And this this issue right now has got so much crazy stuff going on that I it really does. That I'm just like, wow. So you know, you know, whatever way he goes, I'm gonna roll with it because I'm enjoying the ride. I really am. Um, can't you know wait to see what happens next? Can't wait to see what happens Monday. I know. So yep. so you know, I mean, it, it's. It, it is what it is. Uh, he's, you know, thrown, thrown some rules out too lately because people keep doing speculating. People keep and people are asking the worst questions. 
And he's gotten to the point where he's deleting the speculative stuff. Because he just doesn't want everybody speculating and someone like hitting it on the, you know, hitting it on the head. Because there's a lot of people coming into it so stone cold unaware that they have no idea yep. where it's going to go. And, well, and it just, that, each page is a surprise. It's a treat. But that's, that's the thing with doing it in this format. When you're doing, when you're releasing it a page at a time, people are going to speculate. Right. That, I mean, because, and you know what? I saw some comment on a post earlier. It's like, oh, people are just whining, blah, blah, blah. Just enjoy the artwork. No, you know what? No. The fact that we get involved and we speculate and we criticize, that means we care. Yeah, but you know, the, there's there's a, a, a flip side to that. And, and it caused me to get banned by somebody, or not banned, but um, Nathan Greno you're, has uh, blocked you're me. You're a permanent uh, Nathan Greno has blocked, blocked me uh, in Facebook. And that was because every day... As people would talk about the pages, he would write a note about God. This is so poorly plotted. This is so poorly story. You know, he was, com you know, committing, commenting every day about how bad the story was, the storytelling was. And I just said, you know, hey, maybe you should stop being the master critic and maybe, you know, enjoy what we're getting here because I don't know how long we're gonna get it. And that was that was enough, and that apparently ticked him off, so he he blocked me. I mean, I wasn't a Facebook friend or anything of his. I just noticed that no longer do I see anything that he posts or responds to or well, anything. So I wouldn't worry about it. Posts. I'm not worried about yeah, it. I wouldn't I mean, worry about it. I you know. It's, but I I just think that when people speculate, when they talk about it, yeah, there's the extreme. But there's the extreme on the other side. It was like just take it. Just take it. You have to accept anything. I mean, no, I don't have to accept yeah. anything. I can definitely say, you know what, this is kind of a, I, I don't think this is the right way. Because we do that about any comic book. But um, it's really fun. Well, that's uh, I art, think it's, right? Art should spark a discussion. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. And, and that's that's part of why, you know, I mentioned, you know, Brian's son reading, you know, or I guess blazing through his Berserker, you know, mm -hmm. manga. Um it's good because it engages your brain. It makes you think mm -hmm. about something, right? It's it's like what we talk about on the show all the time. You know, oh, I really enjoyed the writing, but I didn't like the art. Or I enjoyed the art, but I didn't like the writing. Or, you know, Brian always comments about the inking. Um, you know, there's so many facets to comic books that... No, you know, Brian always comments about, comments about Zipatone. He's a Zipatone freak. I'm a Zipatone junkie. <laughs> but, no... <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that there was... Um, it's not a passive medium is what I'm trying to say. Right. And everybody's got their opinions. Now, the thing is, is if I had a negative opinion about it, about it or one thing or another, would I keep coming back, I guess? But we grew up in a different generation. Yeah. You know? But what I'm, what I'm saying is, is like, it's like on, on the burn forums. These are fan forums, all right? And people go there because they're fans of John Burns. But why keep going out there day after day if all you're going to do is you're preaching to dump the choir. on them? You're preaching to the choir, Pastor. We're all saying hallelujah. We get it. <laughs> okay. I, I, that, that was the I, point I, I was agree, trying to I make there you. is that, you know, I agree because there were so many people I was reading about that, you know, and there's so many people that got misconceptions about how the man thinks and does things. And we, I think, you know, because of the years that we've been doing this, that we we've got a better idea of how he thinks and how he does things and so you know I, i'm not always going to take his side in his arguments but at least i understand where he's coming from but it's okay not to like everything 
you know, and that's that's where I think people get tripped up on. Right. Um, you know, like I love Jim Lee's artwork. As, you know, just like I like John Burns. There's stuff that Jim Lee's done that I don't like. You know, just like there's stuff that Burns done that I don't really like. But I don't let it consume me, right? right? Or well, I don't, I'm not going to sit your there. Point, I don't. I, I don't. You go back to a website and be like, "Oh, this sucks," and this is terrible. And it's like, you know what? It's not for me. Right. It's for somebody else. That's fine. But, well, it's not for me. It's like Rob Liefeld. You know, the thing is, you can you can sit there and you can fuss about the feet. You can fuss about the feet. Yep. You can fuss about the feet. Everybody fusses about the feet. They do it every time he's brought up. But the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of art in there that a lot of people really, really loved. A lot of people that were really drawn to it when he first started doing it. And, you know, yeah, he had things he, he should have worked on, and he didn't. He just kept things going the same way that, you know, he was doing it. But Well, but he has, though. So I re- picked up a few years ago when he came out with this Deadpool mm-hmm. um, standalone graphic novel. I have it somewhere. I can't see from here what the title of it was. The artwork in it was actually really good. Yeah, but can the man draw feet well? No, he can't. Right, but that's the, but my point. Everything is Everything else was really good. Right. My <laughs> point is though, is that when you bring in somebody who's gonna, you know, and you mention this guy or that guy, they always bring up the same things over and over. Right. It's like people right. complaining about Burns' temper or, or whatever. They they just reiterate the same things that they've been saying because they heard it from somewhere or whatever. Right. before without getting any anything new and that's what i was seeing out on the forum is you know i heard john assassin <laughs> and i don't know if it's true or not i'm just saying that's what i've heard <laughs> and, and you know guys the, the the stuff that you hear the complaints about liefeld and stuff that's what i feel like when people whine and bitch and complain about frank robbins um invaders mm-hmm. i'm like you know i love his artwork on invaders and i know i'm i'm a member of a very small group but i don't care that whatever is exaggerated or whatever and that's the same with like people who love Lifefield's art they don't care that the feet are bad in other people's opinions you know they like the other stuff or is it Lifefield or is it mcfarland or both that the waist is like 10 inches around and their oh, boots yeah. are that, that, like mount, that's a watermelons with... and their legs are 18 feet long yeah. and if you yeah. you know I mean the person would break if it was a <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the 90s you know kind of look right you know every 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 female had you know giant breasts right. at, and you know a 10 inch waist and, and you know at, 17 feet look long look at Burns first issue of Wonder Woman and you will see him putting some of those things in those harsh. three issues those three pages that he did of x-men with scott williams inked you know his the biology that he did there the anatomy he did in there was in the in that kind of stylistic you know way as well he, he you know he let the influences of those things because his burnt his uh style has always been a collection of influences and he, you know he said that himself and sometimes, you know, he picks up the good things, the good artists, you know, things to take uh, take it from. And sometimes, you know, he may, you know, look at the children, too, and say, you know, I'll try this a little bit. And then, nah. Yeah, and, and you know, I think sometimes there's, the there's, there's a, remember, the, <laughs> always the children. Yes. They are a future. Or for the children. Um, <laughs> that people just want to find something that they can pick on. Like, I... I completely understand why Liefeld could come off as cold, you know, in Comic-Cons or conventions. I'm sure he's had thousands of people tell him to his face, you suck at drawing feet. Mm -hmm. You know, 
is it is it so distracting from the artwork that I can't read it? No, not at all. I, I'm honestly, when you you know that Deadpool, I think it was Bad Blood or something like that. The artwork is great in it. You know, are the feet perfect? No. Do I care? No. You know, but people will find something right, and they just latch onto it. People you know, because, people like loved said, his work when he started in New Mutants. You know, sure. I mean, he gained a following, like in McFarlane Blood, did. And in Young Blood. That was a huge image book. I didn't know any image books were actually huge, except Spawn. Are you crazy? Yeah, I am. In I, the night, I am. What Jim Lee Wild? I've been tested. Young Blood. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they were all supposed to be the next, you know, Captain America, Spider Man, all that stuff. I mean, they may have sold a lot, but they printed a hell of a lot. Yeah, it was a weird time. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. bought five copies, thinking they were going to put them, you know, sell their kids through college with them. But that's mm-hmm. right, because they had a hologram cover. Yeah. Mm, exactly. <laughs> How many of them said have... special collector's edition? <laughs> Whatever says that, run away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if it says collector's anything, but it's not a collector's. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I am surprised at what books are worth a lot today. Because my collection value has jumped up in immense ways from books I'm like, wait a minute, that's worth something now? I told you, it's a golden age of TV and film for comic property. Maybe, but anything and everything. Well, I I do want to hit some of these last pieces, and I don't know. What else you got going, Dave? Yeah, so have any of you watched Jupiter's Legacy? Yes. No. I've watched the first first three episodes. John, no. Uh, So this is another um, TV show, and this one is on Netflix, based on a comic book property. Um, written by Mark Millar, I believe. I think he sold his like whole portfolio to Netflix. Um, so they have like carte blanche. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Like you know, Excellent. a big a big deal uh, made him rich. And uh, it it follows you know a family who discovers some kind of secret. And I have to admit, this is another one I didn't read the comics. Not I remember him coming out, and I was like, eh, and you've you know, got that kind really of fun. Justice League gestalt there too Ish, yeah yeah a little bit yeah and sometimes i get turned off by that because it's been done so many times now did you recognize say, the grace grace the grace character i don't remember what her superhero name is the wife oh 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 oh, oh. um did i recognize her from what what who she's supposed to be or what she's from what she's from yeah Oh, it, it, this show has... It's got Josh Duvall I know. It. That's all you gotta know. That's all you gotta know. Well, I mean, it, Leslie Bibb is the name of the actress that plays his, his wife, and, and, and she was the reporter in the first two Iron Man movies that, that Stark slept with, and then, you know, she did a spread on him. And, and... <laughs> but yeah, she was the reporter who asked him, you seriously want us to believe you have a bodyguard, you know, at the end of the first movie? It's got a bunch of great actors yes. in it. People you will recognize. This is not a cheap production mm-hmm. by any means. Josh Ahamel is, is... is awesome in it. And if you don't know who we're talking he... about, he was Fergie's husband for years. Uh, <laughs> and from the great TV show Las Vegas. Yes, and, and Transformers. Transformers. Transformers, yep. Uh, I think Netflix was just like, hey, we're just going to make it rain money. Get whoever you need to to uh, fill these roles. I think but everybody's it's... lining up. Now, do you recognize the guy that plays George Hudson's? 
Mm-mm. That's Matt Lanter, who is the voice of Anakin on Clone Wars. And I knew the voice sounded familiar. Yeah. And I mean, but it's 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 a show that takes place during two different time periods, and I really like how they, when it's uh, a full screen picture, mm-hmm. that's the past. Mm-hmm. So it takes place in the the late. 1920s, 1929. Um, I, I think we're kind of bouncing between like 29 and maybe 1930, but it's a full screen picture. And then when it's in the present, it's a widescreen. You know, it's a letterbox. Yeah. Uh, so much much uh, like in, Vision and Scarlet Witch, except it's not black and yes. white. Or WandaVision. Exactly. But So it helps in understanding wh- where you are, you know, because it, it, it does bounce back and forth. And we're getting little pieces of the story and how did these people get powers and, you know, kind of what's happened to their family over time. Uh, so I'm intrigued, you know, this is, I don't know if I would go back and read the comics like Invincible, but it's definitely an engaging story. I'm always a sucker for period uh, stuff too. And I like that it's taking place in the present and in the past. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm more intrigued with the daughter's story. You know, yeah. Don't watch today's episode or episode four. Oh well, I, I mean, I, I'm going to at some point, but uh, I mean, you know, she just has got that. It, it's funny because she does remind me of of um, one of the gals from the Twilight movies, and I hate to admit that I actually saw those, but I did. I had a daughter. It's okay. John's seen them all too. John. <laughs> <laughs> He's juiced to the max. Can't even talk mm. anymore. No. Got it. Mm. So John has just sent us a, a picture of a... This is a X-Men cover from Marvel Age. That it was in, in Marvel Age, I think. And it came out around the time of Days of Future Past. And it's got a Sentinel on the front cover making a joke, I think. And it, I remember seeing this when I was... At that age, at that time, and yeah. I, and I still think it's funny. Somebody posted it somewhere, and I found it. And I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, this is so funny!" <laughs> yeah, like I said, this I believe it was in in Marvel Age is where they printed this <laughs> around the time. And it's a Sentinel going, "Hi kids, we're back again, and we've killed all the X Men, really, oh, except Kitty, and she's real small." <laughs> and it was done by Jim Salakrup, who was the editor of the X Men. And Terry Austin. And Terry Austin, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure that, that Salakrup just did a stick figure of a Sentinel and Terry Terry filled in the rest of it. Did a great really job. Did. And the corner box has their name, their faces yeah, it, all mixed out. Except for Kitty. Who's got no eyeballs. <laughs> it's funny. That's scary. We'll have to post this. She's wearing a mask. She's dark Kitty. Yeah. Invincible Bad Kitty. Kitty. <laughs> um... This could go so but wrong so fast. Going back to uh, going back to though um, the the Jupiter's legacy, you know the the their obvious parallels. Of course, Josh DeHommel as um, what does he call himself? The, the his super his super you know character oh, Sheldon Sampson, otherwise known, oh, the Utopian. Utopian, yeah. And of course, they've got their their league, which. Uh, you know, others are, are bidding to get into, and they've got their, right. their round table and all that. But there's a lot of interesting, you know, superhero characters that they just mention. Was one of them like 
Right. And, and then, of course, there's the kids of the superheroes, and then right. they have that battle with uh, Blackstar, and I won't go into yep. that. Now, now, if you didn't know, the guy that played Blackstar is the same guy that played Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie, Tyler Maine, you know, the wrestler. <laughs> I do like when they meet up with him later after that battle. He's got glasses mm-hmm. on, he's like... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to give anything away, but it it was so funny. It's like it's like the thing with glasses on, you know, and he's just talking normally, and you're like, what? I, I think though that this, you know, this one because it did it did have a little bit of gore. I mean, a little brain matter, you know, at least. Um, yeah. That people getting ripped in half. It could yeah, people getting ripped in half. That you could get this one crossed wires with the boys. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the boys still seems see to that, be a lot, a lot more is... gorier, a lot more dirty. Well, yeah, what I, yeah, what I would call the boys is the reason that one hits so hard is it's more like, it's like real world violence. Yeah, you know where it's it's very like you could see that happening. And here it's not so much that you know because it's you're dealing with superheroes and their prodigy, uh, or progeny, and kind of the struggles that they're having. And, uh, you know, a big mystery unfolding, right? Between how, how did they get their powers and when what's happened since then. Um, the Utopian is, what do you say, he's 100. You know, he's he's old. Uh, he's got perfectly coiffed white hair and, and a beard. Yeah, he, he seems to be like like the, <laughs> the, the, the normal aging for, you know, a Superman kind of is, where the older he gets, yes. the slower he ages. And that's funny because right, they mentioned right. that also in Invincible. Yes. That uh, the, what, yes. what were those uh, Viltrumites or? Viltrumites live thousands of years or yeah. something, and yeah. And so we were insignificant. Well, the la- the last one I wanted to touch on, and I don't know, John. Um, no, but, no, uh, hold on, before we go, I just want to say, right. and I just huh? want to say, I'm really enjoying this, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where. My whole family and I, we all get together to watch it together, which is why we've only gotten three episodes in. And we, and I watch this one with my wife. She likes this one, too, I think, maybe because of Josh Dumal. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yes, it's... To watch it. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet, John? No, I, no, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't even heard of it, so, um, yeah, it's not on my radar. Well, it's got Josh Dumal in it and some other people, so you should definitely check it Leslie out. Leslie <laughs> Bibb, uh, Matt Lanter, like I said, Tyler Maine. Um, golly, there's, I mean, I mean, you look at it, you look at the casting, you're just like, I know, I know every one of these characters. It, it's what I like to call a show where you have to pause it and look it up on IMDb because you're like, I know that yeah. person and I know that person and I know that person, like, but I don't know, I can't place them where they're from. Yeah, Kurtwood Smith uh, makes an appearance in that. Uh, and Frank Testator also, who we just mentioned on the other one, he's in there too, is doing additional voices. Uh, but it's got a lot of uh, really interesting uh, characters and a lot of Justice League um, uh, parallels. Um, it's just a, a really good show. I, I, I can't wait to see where this, where this does go, but I'm afraid it's going to go a direction I really don't want it to. And this is going to create some great cosplay. Because the costumes <laughs> that they got on these things are just so freaking awesome. Yes. Uh, now, it's funny because Stargirl has a villain named Brainwave. 
And this show, uh, Ben Daniels plays Brainwave, which is he's one of the heroes. Yes. And the brother of the Utopian. Utopian, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, it, yeah, interesting. And I can't tell, is he supposed to be the older brother or the younger brother? I think he was the older brother. Okay. He, he, you know, even in, in, when they show them back in the, the thirties, um, yeah, he was the older brother. He was the one that was a little bit more, uh, conservative yeah, he, and he knew, he knew what happened, what was actually going on with the business versus the brother that was just kind of partying. But and the face, yeah, but he was the face, uh, you know, it, yeah. he was the face of the company for his father. Um, right. Sheldon. And you know, now I go back to Billy Crystal and when Harry met Sally. It's the name. Sheldon. Do me, Big Sheldon. Ride me, Big Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not right. Well, this is an awkward transition, yes. but we also had we also had a uh, another release over the last uh, couple weeks, which is Star Wars The Clone Wars Bad Batch, or just Star Wars Bad Batch which picks up with our, our ragtag group from the last season of Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated series, uh, Unit 99, who are all defective clones. Uh, I have loved this show. I, this is not one I watch with my wife. She has no interest in watching this. She didn't watch any of the Clone Wars animated series. And the whole time I'm watching this show, I'm, I, I just can't get over how the movies... And yes, I know there's a version out there that, uh, not Toby Maguire, but the other one that looks like Toby Maguire, um, cut together the three prequel <laughs> movies and made one good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Andrew, you Andrew Garfield that? or, I no, mean, you're, you're saying a one. Spider-Man did it? A Spider-Man actor? <laughs> you said Toby Maguire, so I think you're talking Spider-Man actors. John talking about Elijah Wood? What? <laughs> they all do kind of look like, I'll look it up here in a minute, but yes, one of them spliced together all three prequel movies into like one two and a half hour movie um, that I guess is really really good, but it'll never see the light of day. Oh, it will. It just amazes. It, it just amazes me that the Clone Wars animated show. If you can get past the first couple seasons where the animation is kind of rough, it's a great story. I just did a, a binge of the entire Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. So good to follow Ahsoka's story, you know, and then, so... I, I can't get into Rebels. I can't get over the animation. It's too odd. Oh, no, I really, you know, the thing is, is that once I, you know, did the whole binge of Clone Wars, I, I had no trouble, you know, doing Rebels. It, 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 I had no trouble with the transition to that. Now, I cannot get into the uh, new one. Topher Grace. Oh, Topher, Topher Grace? <laughs> He did that? Yes, it says he edited... The, uh, sorry, I was wrong. He edited the Star Wars prequels into one 85-minute movie. Hmm. Now, I have I have yet to watch The Bad Batch. And this is a series again, and it's Dave Filoni. Now, Dave Filoni yep. is, of course, as busy as all heck because along with this, he's doing The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and probably the Ahsoka series. So... Golly, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm glad to which see. Was, which was greenlit after, um, what's the actress's name that played her in the Rosa the Mandalorian? Yeah, uh, uh, Dawson, Rosario Dawson. Yes, Nate Nurse, who was in a whole bunch of Marvel, yep, shows. Uh, yeah. And did you know that she got a whole bunch of flack for playing that character? I'm not surprised. 
Um, I, anybody was going to get flack for playing that character. You know, and, and the fact of the matter is that most of the fans want her to be the young child that wears a tube top. Right. You know, right. instead of being someone... I mean, she was probably in, at the right age appropriate for the character, which would be around 40-something. Yeah, I was trying to explain this to my daughter, because, you know, my, my son and daughter are love um, Groku mm -hmm. or Baby Yoda, even though they've never watched The Mandalorian. Um <laughs> But they're familiar with them. And I was trying to explain to her that, you know, Grogu is like 50 years old. And she was like, what? I said, yeah. You know, alien species. They live to 900 or 1,000 years old. they age differently, yeah. They mature yeah. differently. So to your point, you know, we don't know how Ahsoka's race. Um, race ages. But we have to believe that she's quite a bit older than what she looks, just based on her kind of history character history. Well, you got to figure that her character was 13 at the beginning of the Clone Wars. And you can actually do the math to figure out how old she is to get to post episode uh, 6, Return of the Jedi. Now, I have seen the clip where she fights Darth Vader or mm -hmm. Anakin mm -hmm. in that temple. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really well done. Yes. Uh, and that, I think that was from Rebels. Yeah, that was from Rebels. And, um, of course, Rebels takes place before A New Hope. And, you know, so, and again, and Rebels also takes place, like, nearly 20 years after the events of um, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. So you sit there and say, okay, she was 13 at the beginning of the Clone Wars, which takes place, I don't know... It, how long the, the the gap was between Clone War, uh, the Attack of the Clones, and um, Revenge of the Sith, and then you've got almost twenty years before you get to the point of a New Hope. So, you know, so she's in her thirties there, and then you've got another what six seven years to add on to that. So she's either in her late thirties or early forties. Uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, and then add another five years to before where the Mandalorian starts. So she's in her forties. So she's age appropriate. So I don't. Yeah, and she and she goes in Rebels. She goes head to head with Vader just yes. fine. Um, I would have loved to see that battle play out longer, but you know, obviously it is what it is. You know, you can't have Ahsoka take him down in the temple, and then have him show up in the movies later. Yeah. Um. But Bad Batch, you know, so if you like the Clone Wars animated series, and you've heard Brian and I just gush about it, um, Bad Batch takes place right after the fall of the Republic, and you have the new Empire coming up, and you get an animated General Tarkin, or Grand, An Grand Admiral Tarkin, if you like, and it's following this group of defective clones who, they all have basically their specialty you know one's really strong one's a sharpshooter one you know knows all the science and technology the other one is kind of the uh, strategic guy mm -hmm. and uh it's after order 66 um and and they've lost basically their their place you know they they were part of you know the the clone army that won the battle you know won the war and then you had order 66 and now they're on the run so they're not obeying because Order they, 66, is what you're saying? 
they didn't get it. See, I haven't seen um, any episodes of this. No, and I know I know there's what three episodes out. Uh, four just came out four today. Just, okay. Yeah, I think now three or four. Is that one guy with the bandana? Is that supposed to be Rambo? Is that supposed to be Stallone? <laughs> he looks like Stallone. You know, he looks like the, the John. You know, uh, what's his name from uh, First Blood? John Rambo. John Rambo. Yeah. Um, oh no! Yeah, he's the leader. He's the leader of the group, and yes, that's a that's a big part of the first. It's either the first or second episode. Order sixty six goes out. You know, with the the fall of uh, Palpatine, and the normal clones, right? Except the order, and they start killing Jedi and the Bad Batch. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but they don't get that order. Hmm. It doesn't go to them because they're defective. <laughs> Their chips don't work the same way. They what do they call them in the show? They're inhibitor chips. Now I gotta ask: don't work. Is Tom Kane still narrating? Yes. In the <laughs> does he sound okay? <laughs> I ask this because, as I understand, he had like a massive stroke or something not too long ago. The voice sounded the same to me. Yeah. Because I, I, it brought back a good feeling when I watched the first episode, and it was like, on Kamoa, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh. Because, yeah, he had a stroke in November, and they said it damaged his ability to speak, write, and read. Oh. So it may have been, that may have been record, done before this, uh, he had a stroke. So, hard to say. That's too bad. Because, yeah, he's a, his voice is a big part of that show, because yes. every single episode starts with him saying here's what the lay of the land is right here's what's happened um but it's really good and i just i i i'm always taken aback by how the animated show was so good and it actually does fill in a lot of the gaps and some of the stupidity of the movies and i think makes them a little more enjoyable even though they're not great um, but they're far superior to the movies so even if you didn't like those movies i would highly recommend the Clone Wars animated show and then now Bad Batch and you hear Brian recommend Rebels so maybe I'll have to give it another yeah, shot I, I, I mean Rebels is, is definitely worth a shot Mandalorian is worth a shot and I'm waiting with bated breath for the Book of Boba Fett oh so is everybody John you, you get into any animated stuff um, I do a little bit and I hadn't watched Clone Wars or Rebels, so um, I am starting to work my way through them now. John, uh, what are you most... eating, John? John, what are you eating? Are you eating no, something? I'm not. Sounds I'm not. Like what are you eating? I'm not eating anything. Neither am I. Neither am I. I'm drinking. Still drinking. <laughs> I haven't gotten to the bottom of my uh, mug yet. Yeah, I'm still working on my rum and coke. Um, but no, I'm, I'm working through them. I hadn't seen them because I, I think when they first were coming out, I was working a lot and I just didn't have time. Mm. So uh, now with Mandalorian and the fact that the animated series are so a much a part of the lore and the history of it, I'm going to go back and just kind of check it out slowly. I'm not binging it or anything like that. But Someone needs I'm to create a roadmap so you can avoid the, like, the, the unnecessary Jar Jar or C-3PO <laughs> R2 episodes or you know cause... you know I'm I'm gonna take them as they are Brian I'm just you know it's all entertainment to me I, <laughs> you know I'm gonna watch them when I do um, 
and it'll be fine. And yeah, if there is one something like that, I'll be happy to check it out. But yeah, no, I you know I do like it. Actually, I think and I think the animation. I think a lot of the studios missed a huge boat in the last year by not producing more animation. They probably could have really got a lot of stuff done because people could record from home. And we saw that with Lower Decks mm -hmm. that they did do some recording from home and they still produced a really great series. And I think animation has just got come so far lately that sometimes I think that it's uh, I think it's better than some of the live action stuff we're seeing. Yeah, the Clo the Clone Wars animated show I think was trying it was fighting an uphill battle. You know, because I, I have to admit, I didn't watch it when it was on the air, and that's part of the reason why it got canceled. You know, didn't they didn't even get to do their seventh season until Disney Plus or Disney right. decided to finish it out because they just abruptly ended the series. And I remember binging it on like Netflix five, six years ago. It was just because it was before kids, so it must have been longer than that. Um, and thinking, wow, this is such a great show. You know, I feel bad that I never watched it when it was on the air. And, you know, you get to the end of it, or what would have been the end of it, and it's like, that's it? It's over? Um, so I, I'm kind of envious that, John, you'll get to watch it and get to see that seventh season, the, 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 the ending that they wanted to give to the show, but didn't have a chance. To me, it felt, I, you know, I, I watched it all, you know, just a couple months ago. And so I was able to watch the seventh season, you know, just right in line, you know, as I did my binge. Mm. And it didn't really shock me. Or you know, I, I didn't feel you know like, like I hit a speed bump or anything. It just flowed, as far as yeah. I could tell. Except there was there was kind of an yeah. ending and then another ending, but it yes. didn't it didn't really hurt it. Now the thing I want to ask no. about um, Bad Batch is is Caleb Doom in it? Not that I've seen. He's the one from Rebels. Yeah, he, he, Freddie Prince uh, Jr. did his voice. And no. Yeah, he was the Jedi in Rebels, and I heard that he was no. going to be in it. Was he blonde when he did the voice for that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. You know. <laughs> was that when he was in Scooby Doo? Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because it, it, the Fred. conversation came up about the Wing Commander movie. And oh. uh, so obviously you've, you've watched that uh, travesty. And someone was trying to say it's really not that bad. And I'm like, no, no, it really is that bad. Because the the thing is, is that what you really get a into a relationship game. with when you're watching Wing Commander the movie is Freddie Prince Jr.'s uvula. Because he walks through the entire movie with his mouth wide open. Kind of like, what's going on? You know? <laughs> oh now, and someone that was a diehard Wing Commander player and loved the Mark yeah. Hamill you know, um, character in, in the Wing Commander 3 and Wing Commander 4 and, and the, you know, the other things that they did right. when they did the live action. When they right. made that movie, I was just like, what the hell happened? It was like the studio took it away from Chris Roberts. Do you know that that period in PC gaming is looked upon as like a Dark Ages? You know, for the uh, the full motion video, well, I mean, it, uh, games and, they, they, and stuff that was coming out in Sega CD and all that stuff. I love those. Well, games. Yes, a lot of them are. I crap, loved them at the time, really and ones. they forced me to upgrade my computer because you remember, like when when the Price of Freedom came out, you had to buy a brand new video card because nothing would play that thing. And but you know, then you know, of course they had you know Malcolm McDowell as a bad guy. 
supposedly a good guy. John Reese Davies and, and Mark Hamill and then who was that porn actress that was in there? Um Ginger Lynn. Ginger Lynn, she was the, the, the gal in the garage. What was that real time strategy one that had a lot of full motion video in it too? Red uh Red Command or Red Command and Conquer. Tiberian Sun. Command and Conquer, yes. Yes. But yeah. John's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I really don't. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing was, for the time that they came out, they were great. They were innovative, especially on the computers. Yes. But when you look back at them, the video, of course, was made at such a low rate, frame rate, yeah. that everything is just horribly blocky, and and all the backgrounds look like a cr- bad chroma key. But it's still Yeah, it's not. It it's not. It's not great, but. I I really enjoyed those games. Do you remember I the remember video cutscenes for the Jedi Dark Forces? Yes. And then Rafer Weigel is a is a dark Jedi, and golly, Kyle Katarn. I don't remember who played Kyle, but I just remember Rafer Weigel as as a bad Jedi, and, and he was great. What was the one where you were playing a, a new Rebel pilot, and you had to go through the canyons? Um, I think that was um, Rogue Squadron. One or one of the Rogue Squadron, like the first ones. One, one, the, probably, I think the second one. Oh my God! I died like fifty million times in the canyon <laughs> trying to to navigate this canyon. Now, have you played um, Star Wars Battlefront on the PlayStation? Have you tried doing I, the the speeder bikes on the Endor Moon? I played the original ones from like 2003 and 2005. No, in the last five years, the, the Star Wars Battlefront games no. that have come out, there's two of them. And the first no, one... No, I, I played the demo of the one where you're Vader and you just rip through the whole rebel <laughs> army inside the, the hangar. I could spend a whole day on the PlayStation just riding the speeder bike through the, the forest moon of Endor. Because that is so much fun. But you die so many times because you just keep running into trees. I was gonna say, aren't you crashing? Yes, because you're going so fast. And I mean, it is a perfect (laughs) recreation of it, and it is so much fun to sit there and do just that. Now, all the other stuff, you know, I mean, they they don't have any kind of go off on your own kind of missions or anything. It's you know, you've got to play what they give you. And of course, so you you you, you've got some first person or third person shooting type stuff. Or you can play one of the Jedi characters, but it's really hard to master the controls on those. Um, I wish they'd give more open-world kind of stuff, but that's hard to get in the Star Wars universe. Because they even got rid of all that in the the online games, the MMO, uh, massively multiplayer online role-playing game. How do you say that? MMORPGs? Yeah, yeah, MMORPGs, the, the Star Wars one. They, <laughs> haven't they kind of scaled that back or gotten rid of it altogether? I think that they've been such failures yeah. that, yes, they had, um, what was it, Jedi Academy? Well, Jedi Academy was, was its own one? game, and it was, a, it was yeah. a first-person shooter, but it allowed you to play Jedi. And it had some of the best lightsaber mechanics of any of all those games. This game's 20 years old, and people are they, still playing all, it. But they're all broken. The problem is they're all broken, you know, when you start getting into the MMORPG. Yeah. I mean, they'll figure it out eventually. Um, <laughs> I have to mention that if you have not watched, go go on YouTube, type in Seagulls, stop it now. Oh, God. <laughs> a bad thing. 
hit me on the neck with a hacky sack? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've watched that one a couple thousand times over the last few years. My son, I, peed my I even got my son singing the song. Rocking, rocking and rolling. Stop it now. That's bad lip reading is what it is. It's bad lip reading. Yes. It's so John, funny. If you need we, a pick we've up. completely lost John here. John is, he's passed out at the table. His head is just down. <laughs> did somebody... I'm just listening to you guys enjoying what you like to enjoy. Yeah, did somebody hear something from Kirk? Not yet. No? Okay. Cause, he's on another Coke vendor. Uh, he's probably having to do web stuff for the uh, weather weather station or whatever he's doing. Because they're, you know... <laughs> Probably. Probably. I still think it's hilarious. I found that clip and sent it in our group of Kirk doing doing the news. <laughs> it's just funny to see people doing their like normal jobs, you know, and you know them from just chatting, you know, like as a friend, and then you see them doing their jobs and they're so serious. Well, you know, the thing that, that that I worry about is any of my coworkers downloading and listening to these shows. <laughs> The regular burn stuff or the CNC anything, stuff? Anything. Anything. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole library of, of Fear the Walking Dead shows that I was on with uh, Scott McGregor and my and my wife. And, you know, I mean, you know, I, I've done a number of shows over the years, different things, the uh, nature of the force or other things on here. What? Yeah, there's a... Uh, a Nerd alert. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I've done a lot of Star Wars stuff. Over the years, I mean, we we, you got a we high did our, chlorine our our roundtable discussions of, of the, the the more recent releases of Star Wars movies with Tim and myself and Frank Canepa and Mike Carlisle, which I don't think you guys have had the pleasure of talking with. But no, because only you and Tim ever get invited to the guest host on or guest star on another podcast. You guys have been Poor on some John of the shows. And I just left behind. Well, John was on. John was on something else recently, weren't you, John? Well, I recorded with uh, Paul and Scott for a Logan's Run issue on Back to the That's Day. right. <laughs> but it hasn't released yet. So, and the, the way that they're releasing the Logan's Run coverage, it won't be probably until Christmas of this Wait, year. Wait, wasn't that issue four? No, no, I recorded with the final issue seven. Hmm. I need that series. Issue 4 just came yeah. out, and uh, as I commented in Back to the Bins, that was the first issue of the Logan's Run series that I bought. I remember finding it on a spinner rack, and I loved Logan's Run. I had the book, and I loved the, the movie. I'd seen the movie a couple of times, and then then I saw the comic. I was like, ah, this is great, and then it was like issue 4, and I realized when I got home. But fortunately, somehow... I found the other three first three issues, so I had a complete run for a while. And then it disappeared in years and years, whatever. And then and I still I have a full run today. But one of these days, I would love MGM and Marvel and the estates of the authors and whoever else needs to be. I would love to see a trade of this. I would just love to see it re recolored. Well, and if they, if they ever get around to doing that Logan's Run remake, I'm sure that they'll you know, find a way of re-releasing this stuff too. Well, from one what of, I understand, one of those books is worth quite a bit of money. I think it's number six. It's number six because it has a Thanos. Thanos, story. yeah. What? And Drax is in it. Yes. Okay. You didn't know? No, this, I Brian? didn't. I did not. Brian, you could send your kid through school if you sell, yeah. find your copy and sell it. I don't it. have the series. I, I I never saw it when it came out. The, I mean, because you're talking that was late '70s. 
And that was yep. no mid seventies. It was like seventy six. Yeah, see, it, all I had was the U totem down at the end of the block that I would walk to 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 buy comics at, unless you know my mom took me somewhere. And you know the they always had like Superman, Batman, Justice League, Flash, the Biggie, Green Lantern, Spider Man, and um, they started getting X Men. But not until um, the Dark Phoenix saga. The fact of the matter is, the only X-Men that I got of the Dark Phoenix saga there was uh, was actually 137. Um, all the previous ones I, either, I I got out and about some way or as a gift from somebody, and uh, you know the, I couldn't find 135 until much many years later. 135, no no 136, excuse me, until many years later. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was a U-Totem, just a little convenience store. They didn't have, actually, a spinner rack. It was all flat magazine racks. And I'd just go in there and buy and, I'd, you know, get, like, a, a soda or a, um, you know, something to snack on. Ding-dongs. That was really bad, wasn't it? I'm going to shut up now. Did I lose you guys? Have I been talking all this time to no one? Yeah, you are next. What? <laughs> uh, did you guys lose me? Yeah, so if you find... Yeah, we did. Oh, we did. Sorry. You were just like, blah, 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 you told him, blah, blah, and then you're gone. Just keep dropping on what's going on. Okay, well. But yes, Logan, Logan's Run number six is a Thanos and Drax story, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, you know, the book... The book in near mint condition, I want to say, you know, if you had it like graded, is worth like 250 bucks, um, which of course is not bad for what a 25 or 30 cent comic. I guess it's a pretty good return. Um, but yeah, it's one of those obscure books that you know nobody was really buying it by issue six, and so the values have just kind of gone up as people have taken notice of of Thanos and. Uh, are trying to track down these mm-hmm. old appearances. But I would love to see a trade come out. That'd be pretty awesome. I don't think I've ever read the whole thing. I've only owned, you know, a handful of the issues, but never the whole one through seven. And that's never been on Comixology, yeah. right? No, no, because they can't Get make the rights. The, apparently, they can't make the deal. MGM and the yes. authors Clayton Johnson and. It's not Marvel Unlimited either? I don't think so. Let me do a quick check of that on my iPads. Yeah. But it's a it's a straight adaption adaptation from the script of the movie, so even some of the th- scenes that you have in the comic book are not in the movie because they they got edited out. It's a great it's a it's George Perez George Perez artwork. Yes. Beautiful artwork. Um, issue six and seven was okay. Um, I mean, you continued on after you, they kind of changed the ending. But of that's the, but that's not Perez, I don't think, on those last two. No, it's not. No, it's not. Klaus Jansen, I think, is on one. I don't remember who the other one is. Logan's uh, but, run is not on Marvel Unlimited. Oh, yeah, but Perez did one through five. A beautiful adaptation. Uh, just a great. If if you're a fan of the movie, and I watch it every couple of years just because I love it. And um, yeah. Hey, John. I've never seen it. Oh. 
I wasn't even born. We should do a. a, um, There is no sanctuary. Exactly. Sorry. (laughs) It's extremely dated now. At the time, it was cutting edge uh, special effects. Now, um, it's very, very dated. But it's still, it's still a fun watch for those. Manage it. Worse than the Battlestar Galactica TV show, or kind of on the same level? It's on the same. I think Battlestar Galactica is probably a little bit better, because that came out a couple years later. They had time to refine the special effects, but um, you got to take it for what what it is. I hear you. I I like Omega Man with uh, Charleston Heston. I love Omega Man. (laughs) Yeah. Great film. That looks so bad, though, on Blu-ray. The, the people that are supposed to be the underground yeah. hippie hippie monster people. I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks so bad. It looks like an episode of uh, Dark Shadows. But did you ever watch any of the other versions? I've only seen Omega Man and I Am Legend. I Am Legend. How, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, of course, is like the first version of it. Hmm. And it's you know they're all based on the book I Am Legend by by Tim Matheson, um, or is it Richard Matheson? No, no Tim Matheson is is, is Otter uh, from Animal House. I've never <laughs> read the book. Have you read the book? No, I've I've I bet you book. Tim has. <laughs> of course. Now I was of looking course. on the, the the Logan's Run on the comics. All right, and so of course George Perez did it uh, through one through five or two through five. And then in issue six, Thomas Sutton and Terry Austin take over. But there's two stories in there. And the second one's Mike Zeck. Doing oh, Mike Zeck, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, now is it in issue six that you've got the Thanos and Drax? Yes. Yeah. And is it the first the story backup. or the second? Okay, so it's in the second story. So Mike Zeck doing the artwork, the final flower. And yeah, then, okay, now you're jogging my memory, yeah, because it's a really weird story where it's like Thanos is there to, like, destroy some people who, like, worship flowers, and it's like, huh, what? <laughs> you know that it was just like, hey, we need you to do some pages, fill this mm-hmm. book out, mm-hmm. let's go, what are you going to put? He got, he probably got, what, 25 bucks a page or 30 bucks a page, and now look at it, he's not getting anything out of it. <laughs> and Scott Edelman is the writer, so it's not even Jim Starlin writing it. Oh, Scott Edelman, yeah, he's uh, really well known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a Scott Edelman podcast. Is there? No. <laughs> Scott Edelman was a writer between 1975 and 1980 at um, DC and Marvel. He's like, screw this. He wrote yeah. a bunch of Captain Marvel, though, so he definitely got the Marvel Cosmic stuff. Uh, on there, but he also show. wrote for DC exactly the incredible series Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> That's it, John. And I are doing the Scott Edelman podcast. Looking <laughs> good, Mister Cotter. Okay. Is he still alive? Uh, I have no idea. Could we get him on the show? I, why Scott would we? Edelman. Why? Why would we? I mean, what what were we should? Oh, okay. for me, and John. Oh well, you guys can can check it out and see if you can get a hold of him. Edelman. Let's see. Scott Edelman. American fiction writer. He is still alive. 
He was born in 1955. So he wasn't even that old when he was writing these comics. He's 66. He won a Hugo Award for Best Professional Editor. And the Lambda Literary Award. For Gay Men's Science Fiction and Fantasy. There you go. He has his own website. ScottEdelman.com The words are haunted. What we still talk about, he's still writing even today. Things that never happened. He is. Well, there you go. Look at that. You learn something new every day. Get him day, on the show. You? Exactly. <laughs> Comics and cocktails. <laughs> hey, Scott, can you tell us about writing Welcome Back, Cotter, or what was it? Was it Welcome Back, Cotter? Yeah, or the backup feature in Logan's Run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he has tons of witty stories about that time. <laughs> All right, I think it's about that time, gentlemen. Oh, you don't have any other subjects for us to talk? I don't. I don't. And, and, and we, we miss Kirk. Kirk was wanting to join us so badly. We, we tried. This is this. We're two hours plus into this. Yes, we yeah. are. Yes, we are. And I have not gotten to the bottom of my mug. Wow, I had to go get wow. a that's a That's a magic spritzer there. I am now at the bottom of my mug. <laughs> I'm now you know finished with my mug. You know what's <laughs> odd is, uh, I'm sure you must have looked it up on Google too, but when you Google Scott Edelman, mm -hmm. it says people also search for Joe Duffy, Al Mingram, Milgram, Tony Isabella, and Bob Layton. Look at that. He's in good company. He is in good company. Mm. See, I didn't get that. I just got his page. Marv Wolfman turned 75 yesterday. Happy birthday, Marv! Man, he's put a lot. He's done a lot of stuff. Has yeah, and you know, you were talking earlier about. about Burns Lex Luthor, and Marv Wolfman is more responsible for that Lex Luthor than Burn, because he's the one that actually gave Burn the idea of Donald Trump. You know, the, the businessman idea. That's my favorite Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marv Wolfman is older than Chris Claremont. That's shocking. Yep, and older than George Perez. George Perez is 66. Oh, wow. I didn't realize he was that young. Interesting. Yeah, Claremont is 70 years old this year. Byrne will be 71 in two months. No, I don't stop the man. <laughs> uh-huh, we wonder. Yeah, you do have your own podcast about him. It's amazing that the guy only uses those 13-gallon white trash bags. He never uses the 30-gallon ones. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea whatsoever. He always tears its letters into threes. Weird. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think it is time to bid adieu to our, our valued listeners, which, by the way, we're lonely. Send us an email at uh, gotta get burned at gmail.com or comment on Facebook let us know what you like what you don't like yeah but not, not the website we didn't design that <laughs> now yeah, the fact of the matter is we've got a new website um, up and uh, there's a lot of work being done on it right now so not everything is the way that um, they want it just yet 
but eventually you know it'll it'll be perfect and uh, it'll actually have talkback forms so that we can discuss on the website about each episode as we post it that so you can great. listen to one you can go in there and say well i want to talk about this one that you guys did like six years ago or, oh my gosh we, and you know what next month it'll be six years really congratulations yeah. that's yeah. awesome it is that is and i think, I think the summer it will be two years for david and i want it well, it's been longer than that well you guys got involved the summer that we did the dark phoenix yeah, but we Sorry. were messaging you, like, right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like, hey, guys, we like John Byrne, too. Hey. But we also need people to go to Apple Podcasts and give us five-star reviews or even yeah. four-star reviews. Just give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's only, like, 20 people have done it. It's really low. No, we only have five reviews out there right now. Oh, See, and I, I inflated it by the factor of four. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which was still depressing. True, true. Oh. I'm, I wonder how, how like, uh, other podcasts do out there. I'm going to take a look and see what MASHcast has got as far as John, uh, I, think we, I think we need to separate starter Scott Edelman podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sad part is we could probably be done in, like, a year and a half. We would cover every single book. MASHcast has been on for, what, it's, it's on its fourth season. They have 33 reviews and 91 ratings. That's a labor of love. We have five reviews and nine ratings. Nine? Nine ratings. Come on, listeners. That's barely over a rating if per year. If you guys year. go out there and give us a rating, that, increase, that, that increases the visibility so other people will find out about our podcast. And therefore, other people will listen to the podcast. You don't want to be in one of those crowds where nobody's a member, you know? That just leaves <laughs> you at a party talking to a plant. And you know what? Brian knows how many of you are downloading the show. He's told us. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you. So yeah. clearly, people are listening, and maybe it's even thousands, but we just don't have the data to support that. But just give us a rating. Send, send, us, an, let, send us an email. Send us a message on Facebook. We all know you're on Facebook. You don't have to lie to us. We know you're there. Just send us a message. Say, hey, we really, I really like the show. Maybe Thanks. we need to, you know, like widen out our, our web presence in other <laughs> other areas. Maybe we should do an Instagram account and just like throw out oh, yeah. images of whatever. Yeah, how's, book your doing. how's your Twitter account doing? Well, again, you know, the, the Twitter account's <laughs> out there, but neither Tim or I have done anything with it. If you guys want to jump on that, you're more than welcome. The to. last tweet was from like four years ago. Yeah, and that was Gene, Gene <laughs> Hendricks did that for us. Thank you, Gene. <laughs> Yeah, just let us know. I mean, we do we do this, you know, we don't get paid. We don't have advertisers. You know, I have to, like, send these guys comics just to keep them going. I am, like, the wait, uh, wait, wait. Sally Struthers. Wait, you don't, you don't get paid? Wait, you get paid? Awkward. Lost in the mail. Yeah, it must be. I don't know. I get these vouchers, and then I have to go and still, you know, deposit them or something. I just want to get that. I, I just one day I want to get a check in the mail that's for like six cents, just so I can laugh at the postage and the envelope <laughs> and the paper it's printed on. It was worth more than what I actually got. That actually happens to John Byrne. Oh, he will get residual checks that are just like you know, 
13 cents, 32 cents, or whatever, you know, for who knows what. Wow. <laughs> How do they even figure that out? You know, the, I that would be a show that would be interested in having. Well, you know, every now and then... Brian goes through his mailbox every day before oh, John. No, every now and then he, he, he will discuss the financials <laughs> junk, on his... Junk, 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 good, good. Yeah. Sorry. No, but every now and then he'll discuss the financials on his website and he'll say what he got here, what he got there. But it's like he, he's trying to figure things out. Like, he got a special thanks in the Justice League movie. Hmm. And so he's like, you know, why Wait, did I in get... the Snyder Cut? Yeah, in the Snyder Cut. And I, the only I, thing I, I could figure, and I, I pointed out on his site that they used Kellex aboard the mm. Kryptonian ship, and so that must be where the thanks is for, because he invented Kellex. Hmm. That was Kalex. However you pronounce it. Potato, <laughs> potato. Get your Kryptonian right. Sankevich, Sankevich, whatever. <laughs> it's Sankevich. The funniest thing always was like he would show up at a convention here, and people would say, "How do you pronounce your name?" And he'd say, "Bill." <laughs> and then your he last does, name does have kind and, of a weird looking yeah. last name. And and ultimately they'd say, "Could you please pronounce your last name?" <laughs> your last name. Okay, I definitely have had enough. Time to yeah. go. Thanks, Sounds everybody. Like... I had a lot of fun. I did too. And we hope you enjoyed our show. It's always nice to, to have some time to spend with friends talking about comic stuff. And in this case, it was comics that have been turned into TV shows that we are now enjoying on, on uh, the big screens in our living rooms. So if you like what you heard today, please drop us a, an email at gotta get burned at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And with that, uh, good night, Brian. If there's other subjects they want us to talk about, they yeah. should tell us. And, and you know, we will incorporate that into these. These are kind of like, you know, we, we did these basically out of a necessity of, of needing to say something in, in certain areas. You know, sometimes we had something personal we wanted to say or something about something we like or something we don't like. And, you know, what, what do you guys like and what do you want to hear about? I mean, because this is open forum. You want the Scott Edelman podcast? We can make that happen. <laughs> we can. All right, David, take us out. <laughs> All right. Good night, Brian. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> good night, John. Does good anybody night, actually boy. get that anymore? Yes. I yes. get it. Okay. I get it. But we're old. All right. Good. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, I am not old. And with that, good night. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn.
Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.